Good morning, afternoon, evening, 3 a.m., whatever time it might be for you. Welcome to the first ever episode of The Usual Spot, your new favorite spot for gaming discussion, news, current events, trends, critical analysis, everything in between. You've come to the right spot. My name is Zach, and today, our first episode, I want to focus on something that's not necessarily super controversial to start this show off with. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct. You all saw it. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, you've come to the right spot. We're going to talk about the stuff that came out. First, let's talk about what was actually revealed. Now, I'm not a huge Nintendo fan myself. I don't, you know, I own a Switch. I play on it, but I don't really follow many of the mainline franchises, aside from a couple. I recently started playing Zelda for the first time and all that, but, like, I've never been, like, a a diehard Nintendo fan, but... I still watched the presentation and, you know, some of the stuff they revealed was exciting. Specifically, to start off with, I think one of the bigger ones was Kirby and the Forgotten Land was announced. Now, this is kind of a a breakaway from the traditional Kirby style because it's the first one to be made in full 3D. People have been asking for this for years. They want a full 3D platformer with Kirby as the main star, and we finally got that. I don't want to say we. I've never really... I've only played... Kirby's Dreamland, I think, was on Super Nintendo, but this game looks adorable, and I'm probably going to end up playing it anyway. It looks like a solid entry, and I can, you know, I can see a lot of people being very excited about it. The way that Kirby bounces around and looks all chunky when he walks, it's like, it's the cutest thing. I can't get over that. They mentioned the uh, Nintendo Switch Online is getting an N64 and Sega Genesis games added to it, which was one of the bigger things. That was one of the things I was the most excited about myself. It'll be fun seeing games like Banjo-Kazooie and Paper Mario. They confirmed are coming back, as well as a bunch of others, like Ocarina of Time is being released, which is a little strange because it's like they're choosing... Sorry, this might be a hot take, but they're choosing what is basically the inferior version of the game to release on the Switch. I get it that it's the original, but let's be honest, the 3DS remaster was just so much better in every way. I feel like if they were going to release Ocarina of Time on the Switch, that would have been the way to go. It just has the quality of life improvements that game desperately needed. But I would be more mad if it was a standalone release. The fact that it's coming along the lines of a bunch of other series and a bunch of other games from beloved franchises makes it a little more forgivable. Can't be that mad at it. I'll probably play it. I never finished Ocarina of Time the first time I played it because I borrowed it from a friend of mine and he wanted it back. Uh, the library of games seems really diverse in general. Personally, I really hope they add Banjo-Tooie and Goldeneye as well. They already confirmed they're adding the first Banjo-Kazooie, but I understand those are made by Rareware, and that is a company owned by Microsoft, and licensing is a problem, so that's probably a long shot. They announced they are also releasing uh, N64 and Genesis controllers. I'm a little mixed about that myself. If I know Nintendo... They're going to charge 50 to 60, maybe 70 bucks for these things. I think they confirmed it's 50, actually, for the N64 controllers and the Genesis ones. Now, Genesis controllers are fine. Those are pretty solid. People like them. Nothing wrong with that. I still think it's a little overpriced, but hey, that's nothing new for Nintendo. It's the N64 controllers that caught me off guard. I was literally making jokes with my friends when they revealed the N64 games that they were about to show off what is like unanimously considered the worst Nintendo controller ever and then charge $50 for it and then they did exactly that now to be fair it does have some improvements it's got the Z and R buttons added to it to make it more functional on the switch and they've got some you know 
I'm sure it'll have more weight to it. It'll be a lot sturdier. But in general, I'm not not a huge fan. I don't I don't really see the point. But that's just me. People will like it. Nostalgia sells. It's gonna do well. The next big one I would think most people were excited for was Bayonetta three. Now again, I've never played the Bayonetta series. I know. Say what you will about that, but. It looked pretty promising. They showed off some fast, fluid gameplay and a new ability that lets Bayonetta control demons, which seems like that'll be a lot of fun. I've not played it myself, like I said, but the this third entry definitely looks like a natural evolution for the series, but I even read some theories about a crossover with uh, Devil May Cry, but honestly, I kind of feel like that's just a callback or a reference to that series, which has a very similar fan base because they play similarly. I don't really know if there's anything to read into. When uh, Virgil from Devil May Cry, people are theorizing that somebody who looked like him was actually him from the game. And I'm like, it's either just a reference or a coincidence. I honestly don't think that's going to go anywhere. But who knows? Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Uh, following that was Splatoon 3. It's pretty clear to me, and it has been for a while, that Nintendo has been grooming Splatoon to kind of be their next big franchise along the lines of Mario and Zelda. Some people would say that that, I mean, I've, that bounces around a lot. Some people say it's Kirby. Some say it's Animal Crossing. It's There's a lot of weird back and forth when it comes to what their third of their big three are. But I would say right now they're definitely making that be Splatoon. They've, they've been a new Splatoon game on, you know, on the Wii U and on the Switch. It's cool to see that they're expanding some of the lords. They're adding an actual campaign and storyline. They're adding some traversal mechanics to some of the game modes too, which seems to be that they're making it be a little more detailed and fleshed out in terms of what you actually do in the multiplayer. It looks like we might actually be getting some coherent plot and some character development and some like actual story progression. And I'm excited to see how things develop on that road, even if I won't be playing it. I know friends that will be. They're excited about it. I'm excited for them. I can't be mad. The next one was the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak expansion pack. Now, I don't have much to say about this one. I mean, I've never played Monster Hunter. I know nothing, next to nothing about the series. You kind of get what you get with an expansion. New story content, new weapons, new uh, locations, new monsters to fight. The scenery looks cool. I'll give you that. I don't know. They also revealed later on a Switch port of Knights of the Old Republic. I've been meaning to play for a while. It's been on my backlog on Steam for months. But now that it's getting a Switch port, that might be what finally gets me to say, alright, I'll play this. I love handheld RPGs. That is my favorite way to play them. I use my Switch almost exclusively to play games like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. And uh, recently I beat Bravely Default 2 on there. So like this is, that's like my favorite. I know those are JRPGs, but still. It's the same thing. I've been looking at getting uh, Kingdoms of Amalur recently and now i'm looking at a uh, knights of the old republic switch port now i can only hope it'll run well and my only gripe with the switch port is that i can't mod it so i can't do visual improvements but honestly the game looks fine as it is i'm okay with that it can kill a lot of time on car rides you can play it in short bursts that's the great thing about rpgs on the go is that you can pick them up you can play them for 10 minutes make a little bit of progress you don't have to beat an entire level like you do in mario before you can just quit the game and turn it off and go about your day once you're done. So I'm excited for that. And I can't wait to see where that goes. This this Direct was pretty big for RPG fans in general. They had a few big releases. Like they also announced Act Razor Renaissance. Which is not a game I have heard of before. 
strangely enough. It's apparently a remaster of an old game from like the mid-90s, I think, but it's uh, developed by Square Enix, or at least published by them, and it has new music, a whole new soundtrack, story content, extra graphics, and some new boss fights and stuff like that. It looks like a pretty run-of-the-mill uh, strategy RPG, but it might be more detailed than I'm giving it credit for. I'm not trying to write it off. Strategy RPGs aren't really my thing. Tactical RPGs, I mean. So I'm not quite the authority on that, but that seems to be something new as well. Uh, but we also have the bigger one that they announced, which was Triangle Strategy. That's uh, something that came to be a source of disappointment for people. Not in the game itself, but in the title. When they announced it at the last Direct, they mentioned that it was a working title, and it was called Project Triangle Strategy. And a lot of people thought that was a really dumb name, myself included. And now that they've released a trailer for it, it's coming out on March 4th of next year, all they did for the title was drop the word project. So now it's just called Triangle Strategy. It's a little uh, it's a little on the nose, because it has to do with three branching story paths, and it's a strategy RPG, so three angles in a strategy, triangle strategy. I get what they're going for, but... It's it's a little it's a little cheesy, but hey, that speaks nothing about the game itself. It seems like if you're into tactical RPGs, games like Final Fantasy Tactics, it'll probably have a lot to offer for you. It seems to be pretty in depth with its combat and the graphics. It's made by the uh, developers of Octopath Traveler, from what I can tell, so it looks pretty solid in terms of visuals. They also got an announcement for the Castlevania Advance Collection, which is a collection of Castlevania games from the Game Boy Advance. That might, might be a given from the name alone, but it looks like they're adding some of the quality of life improvements that they've given to some of their uh, Super Nintendo and Nintendo ports on the online collection. You have a rewind function, quick saves, and quality of life, things like that. It seems like a good entry point for people who want to play the classic Castlevania games, but it also looks like it's a great way to experience the ones you've already played if you're already a fan of the series. I mean, it, the games were already on a handheld console when they came out, so releasing it on another one that can also be played at a higher resolution on your TV is just, that's just a win all across the board. So that'll definitely be something new for, uh, Castlevania has been a franchise that's been largely, I don't want to say neglected, but there hasn't been a ton of new content for it in a long time. So to see something, even in the form of just remasters finally coming out, that's substantial for people and maybe hold them over until we get a new mainline game in the future, potentially is a lot of fun, and I'm excited for that. Uh, Metroid Dread. That's a big one. Obviously, this is nothing new. I'm not breaking ground by mentioning that. We all know it's coming out, but they dropped a new trailer. And it's supposed to be released on October 8th. It's cool to see that Nintendo's finally giving Metroid some attention. That was another of the big three franchises that was in the running for a minute back in like the early 2000s. Metroid was kind of much higher up on the list of people's top Nintendo franchises than it is now. It's definitely dwindled because they just haven't given it any solid content in over a decade. So it's cool to see it finally getting a full-on sequel instead of just some spin-off or a remaster. Samus Returns was solid, but it's also technically just a remake of Metroid 2, I believe. So it's not exactly a new game. So this looks like what fans have been wanting for a while. It's almost got some horror elements to it, which I'm very fond of. 
it's got a pretty dark and gloomy storyline from what I can tell, which is not necessarily that far out of left field for Metroid, but it looks like they're leaning into it a lot more with this one instead of it being so just campy sci-fi like they usually do. So I'm not a huge Metroid fan, but I've played a couple of them and this one might turn me into a more long time one. Next up, uh, in terms of RPGs, they had this game called Voice of Cards by Yoko Taro, who's the creator of the Nier games, Nier Automata and Replicant. It's a tabletop card-based game, whatever the genre name is for that. But Yoko Taro definitely has his work cut out for him when it comes to game design, story design, and characters. And I think fans know what to expect. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. Uh, they also said Delta Rune Episode 2. It's another RPG that they announced. It's already out now on the Switch. And from what I can tell, you can download it for free. I don't know... Uh, what Delta Rune is exactly in comparison to Undertale. The original game is, I, I think it's a sequel, or maybe it's just a spin-off or like an alternate timeline kind of thing. I'm not really sure, but regardless, it's available now on the Switch, and it's free from what I can tell. So if you're a longtime fan, that's something to watch out for if you haven't already been playing it. Then we had a Switch port of Disco Elysium, another RPG in you know what I said about handheld RPGs. It seems to be a great way to experience it for the first time. My only issue is the resolution. The game is not hugely graphically demanding, at least not in comparison to others, but it does have some pretty some pretty intense visuals in terms of its background design. And I'm not sure the Switch is capable of rendering that fully. So I have a feeling, and from what I can tell in the trailers, it looks a little blurry. So I'm watching out for that. That's not necessarily going to be a day one buy. I already have it on my Steam wish list. So I'll probably opt to play that on PC anyway. But provided it turns out better than it looks in the trailer. Disco Elysium Final Cut on the Switch. Another solid handheld RPG that I will absolutely be playing. Uh, then we got the Shadowrun Trilogy is getting a remaster on the Switch. Shadowrun... For those who don't know, is uh, it's a tabletop RPG along the lines of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's set in a cyberpunk dystopian future with like fantasy elements still. So like characters like elves and orcs and halflings and things still exist, but it's set in a dystopian cyberpunk version of the real world. You know, you get what you pay for with with series like that, and it looks really solid on the visual department. I am familiar with Shadowrun to an extent. And it's another handheld RPG, and you know what I've said about those already. I'm not going to repeat myself. They know the markets. Nintendo knows. Or uh, developers of Shadowrun, at least. They know. They know what they're getting into, and they know people love playing their RPGs handheld. It's so much fun. Taking it in the car and just going at it while you're on a seven-hour trip. That's the best. Now, the Shadowrun games includes uh, Shadowrun Returns, Shadowrun Dragonfall Director's Cut, and Shadowrun Hong Kong Extended Edition. They have turn-based combat with some visual and audio improvements, things like that. Pretty standard stuff for a remaster. It looks exciting, and as much as I'm not as attuned to the Shadowrun lore, I have read up on it a little bit, and I am actually, at least hopefully, soon, will be playing a campaign of the actual tabletop game. So maybe we'll talk about that in the future, provided that goes well. But for now, that's something to look out for, and it is something I will most likely end up playing. Then they announced Dying Light 2 on the Switch. Now you might be thinking, there's no way in hell the Switch can run Dying Light 2. That's a AAA next-gen first-person shooter. Or, not really a shooter, but you know, 
first-person action game, I guess. We'll leave it at that. And you're correct. The Switch absolutely cannot run this game, at least not at full specs. It's going to be, frame rate is going to be in the single digits. Resolution is going to be, like, it's just not going to be worth playing. So their solution to this is that the Switch isn't running it at all. They're running it on an exterior server on some PC somewhere and streaming it to your Switch. You ever heard of the Google Stadia? It's that. They're streaming the game, you pay full price for it, and they stream it to your Switch and you play it on another PC somewhere in some warehouse, wherever the developers live, and that's how you play the game. Now, I have not experienced cloud gaming myself. I have refrained from it because it's just not, I'm just not the market for it. I've never felt the need for it, but I'm not going to sit here and dog on it. It seems to have potential and it seems to have a market. It's been hit or miss in the past. It's been mixed success on the Switch itself. They've released ports of Resident Evil 7 and Hitman 3 on the Switch in the past, which have both been cloud gaming ports and I can't speak as to the quality of those games myself, but at least with Hitman 3, it seems to have functioned somewhat properly for the most part, even if it's not the definitive way to play the game, you can play it on the Switch. The only problem with this, and there is always a catch, is obviously you can't play it without internet connection. So if you're in your car or somewhere at a hotel room or any place where you don't have immediate access to Wi-Fi or an ethernet cord, you're just going to be asked out on playing these. They do require internet to stream to the original source of where the game is being run from, so if that's not something you're interested in, I would probably hold off and play the actual console version of Dying Light 2 instead. Or PC. We got Brewster. Brewster in Animal Crossing. They're finally doing it. I've been saying this for... How long has it been? A year and a half since this game came out? That I want... I want my coffee shop back. I want the funny bird man to sell me the coffee. And they're doing it. Animal Crossing New Leaf was a game, one of my favorite 3DS games. I played it a ton. And New Horizons was no different. I've admittedly been out of it lately because I just ran out of things to do in the game. But I have dozens of hours in it over this last past, you know, year and a half when uh, you know what happened and nobody could leave their house. That was my solution, is I just built another house in a virtual world instead and stayed there all the time. If I couldn't go outside in the real world, I'm sure as hell going to go to the beach in Animal Crossing. And that's what I did for a whole year. My mom and I both were playing Animal Crossing for hours. And I was telling her every single day about all of the things that New Leaf had that New Horizons didn't. And as much as it pains me that it took so long... They're finally bringing some of that back, and it's a step in the right direction. Now, it's still not what I would want. I wish these things were there from the start, but they had the pressure to release the game. The game was fine on release. It had plenty to do, and I don't really agree with people who say it wasn't finished at launch. It was definitely a finished product. I don't think adding more content to the game after the fact makes it less finished, but that's a topic for a different episode entirely, I think. The game worked, there was content, there were things to do, the only people who were really mad, I think, aren't the target demographic anyway. But that being said, there are still things I wish they would add. I wish they had mini-games, I wish Tortimer Island was back, I wish you had more to do than just walk around and catch bugs with your friends when they come over to your island. But as a whole, it's nice to see them continuing to support this game and adding new content, 
and this is going to be the thing that gets me to come back to it. I haven't played Animal Crossing in months, probably not since like February of this year, not even kidding, but this is going to be the thing. I'm going to come back for Brewster. There's another event happening later this year specifically about Animal Crossing that I'm assuming is going to give more details about what else is being added to the game aside from just Brewster and what exactly he will do on your island. So we can watch out for that. Maybe I'll mention it in a later episode. The next one, and this one might be uh, surprising, but the game that I'm probably the most excited about out of everything that was revealed, Chocobo GP. We got Chocobo Racing on the Switch. Now, if you're not aware, Chocobo Racing was a spin-off of the Final Fantasy franchise made on the PlayStation 1, and it was basically, I don't want to call it a ripoff, but it was very derivative of Mario Kart. You know, you had your cute chibi characters racing in comically oversized vehicles. You know, they had drift mechanics, it had stunts, it was very derivative of something like Mario Kart Double Dash, which was around a similar time, or Mario Kart 64, I guess. And this game is no different. Chocobo Racing GP is releasing 2022. They haven't said what date specifically, but it's very derivative of Mario Kart. But Mario Kart's great. People love it. It's a fun-ass game. One of the best racing franchises out there. To this day. So, taking that formula and adding Vivi to it from Final Fantasy IX? What could go wrong? That's perfect. That's amazing. I'm here. I want to play. Give me the chocobos right now. I will race them until I die. <laughs> Not to be dramatic. Uh, there's a few others. The last few they announced is Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition. I, I don't know. That one caught me off guard. I saw people saw the trailer and they saw Mickey Mouse and assumed it was Kingdom Hearts 4 for some reason. But like you guys know that that's not the only franchise Mickey Mouse shows up in. It looks a lot like something like Animal Crossing. It's like Disney's version of like a farming, house building, life sim kind of game. You know, it looks fun if you're the right audience. I'm sure kids will get the kick out of it. And there are probably fans of the original 3DS game that will come back to this. It's definitely got its audience cut out for it. And I don't think that they would bother porting it if they didn't think there was one. So I have a feeling it'll do well. Uh, it has all of the DLC from the 3DS version included. So that's something to watch out for if you're interested in uh, Disney Animal Crossing, basically. Next up, we got Rune Factory 5, which comes out on March 22nd of next year. It's a classic. It's a, it's a farming simulator RPG remastered on the Switch. It's got farming, monster catching, relationship building, similar to things, you know, like I've said, Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, games like that. If that's your cup of tea, this is your cup of tea. It's a little more in-depth in terms of storytelling and um, tone, I think. It's a little less colorful than those games might be, but definitely up your alley if that's something you're interested in. Then we got Pac-Man and Xevious being added to the Arcade Archives collection. As of right now, as of September 23rd, specifically, it, they're out. You can play those if you have access to the Arcade Archives collection on the Switch. That's about it for their uh, main main entries, for their main um, franchises or full games that they announced. The rest of it was mostly smaller reveals and DLC, but we'll get to that. First of all, we got Mario Party Superstars, which has some new stuff being added to it that they revealed when the game comes out. They revealed more content that is being shown there. So we have the uh, Woody Woods, Yoshi's Tropical Island, and Horrorland maps returning to the game. 
Those are all maps from the older games in the series. I don't know which one specifically, because there's a ton of them, and I'll be damned if I'm going to remember every single map from every single Mario Party in order, but I'm sure someone knows which games specifically those are from. They are all old maps from older games in the series, and they're promising return to form for Mario Party, which is something it desperately needs. It's basically just a reboot of the whole franchise, and they're adding content from the old games, which was exactly the thing people were complaining about with all of the ones after 8. Super Mario Party was a kind of a step in the right direction. They got their foot in the door with saying, all right, here's the classic formula you guys like, but it was really lacking in not only the amount of content, because there were only like five maps, and the mini games weren't quite as fun, but it just, it just, it didn't scratch the edge like people hoped it would, and Mario Party Superstar seems to be the answer to that. They're finally addressing those complaints and releasing something solid and definitely undeniably Mario Party. So I will be excited for that. I'm going to have all my friends over and we are going to have a Mario Party. They also got new content in Mario Golf Superstars. Keep going on the Mario train. They got adding characters Koopa Troopa and Ninji and a few new maps. I'm not really sure who Ninji is, but hey, if you're a big fan of Mario, if you're a big fan of golf, you're probably a fan of Mario Golf and you're probably a fan of this. So look out for that. Uh, then there's Hyrule Warriors, breaking off from Mario a little bit. We're going to talk about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Now, I just recently finished Breath of the Wild. I have not yet gotten to Hyrule Warriors, but if anybody doesn't know, it's basically a Musu game along the lines of Dynasty Warriors, which is why it's called Hyrule Warriors. It's a combat action... I don't really want to call it an RPG, but I suppose that's the best comparison... It's a hack-and-slash action game, basically, set in the Zelda universe. It's specifically a prequel to Breath of the Wild, I believe. So it has uh, new expansion pass content being added to the game. On October 29th, you'll be able to play as Pura and Robbie, who are the tech guru of the ancient guardian tech from Breath of the Wild. And then they're also adding Coliseum and Kakariko Village maps, as well as a lot of new story content involving those maps as to why they, you know, what role they play in the story of the game. So that's something to look out for. If you're uh, not only a Zelda fan, but if you like Musu games, definitely check out Age of Calamity. And if you are already a fan of Age of Calamity, this expansion pass content definitely seems to be up your alley. The big one that people always hope for whenever Nintendo Direct comes about, unfortunately, did not have much to offer other than a date. And that's the final Smash Bros. character. When I say this, I mean the final, final, final Smash Bros. fighter. Sakurai, I believe, has said there will be no more DLC characters added to the game after this last one, and they are announcing it on October 5th of this year. As of writing this uh, episode, I did not realize that there had apparently been a leak that music from the Kingdom Hearts franchise has apparently been found in the game's files for some new content that is yet to be added, which means that you know, everyone's favorite Keyblade boy might might be showing up soon. We might we might be seeing his face again, and uh, it's going to end up being canon, if luck will have it. You're going to have to play as Sora in Smash Bros. Ultimate if you want to know the plot of Kingdom Hearts 4. Uh, jokes aside, that is speculative, so don't take my word as gospel. It may very well be that they are simply just adding some songs from Kingdom Hearts, and that's it. He might not even be in the game. But we'll be waiting with bated breath, and I will have a bet to uh, answer to if that actually happens. 
So, we'll see. On October 5th, we might be back. So in terms of their game releases, this was a pretty heavy day. They showed some cool stuff. I'm excited for their RPG game specifically. That's kind of my specialty when it comes to games. But uh, they also announced something else that wasn't a video game. Something that uh, people have been talking about quite a bit. And I probably don't even need to introduce it. Have you guys ever seen a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy? It's one of those obscure movies from that really small franchise called Marvel. That came out in like 2015, 2016. Got a sequel later on. I don't know. Probably not something you've heard of. But anyway, there's a guy named Chris Pratt starring in those movies. And have you ever watched Guardians of the Galaxy and thought, man, this guy really looks and sounds and has the personality of an Italian plumber? Me neither. Anyway, he's playing Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> and, uh... That, 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 that was, when I saw that, I thought it was a joke. I genuinely thought that they were trolling. I thought they were throwing us a curveball and they were going to be like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if Chris Pratt played Mario? But no, it's actually this guy. But no, they're completely serious. Chris Pratt, Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, and the guy from Jurassic World is playing Mario. Now, you know, hey. It's an animated movie. I'm sure he can do some solid voice work. I don't mean to sell the guy short on his talents. But honestly, I'm having a hard time imagining it. But I'm willing to give it a chance. They also announced some other cast members that I personally think are a little more believable. A little more solid. Charlie Day is Luigi. Now that is funny. That's I love that. Charlie Day is hilarious. If you don't know, he's uh, Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he's the best. He's genuinely one of the funniest people on TV. So I'm okay with that casting. I feel like even if he uh, he doesn't lean into the, the accent or the personality, he's just funny to watch. So to see him act like Luigi is going to be the best shit. Uh, we also got Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Jack Black as Bowser. And perhaps the other most surprising one, Seth Rogen playing Donkey Kong. Now, uh, again, I'm, I'm torn about this, but... Seth Rogen, I, I, I look at Seth Rogen, and I hear his voice, and I look at Donkey Kong, I, I can see the logic. Way more than I can see it with Chris Pratt as Mario, at least. But I can, I can see it. I can see where they're going. What they're going for with this casting. And I'm willing to hear it out. Jack Black as Bowser? That's almost perfect, actually. I'm okay with that. That'll be funny. I'm excited. What I'm not excited is that Charles Martinet, the original voice of Mario and the voice of Parthenax from Skyrim and a ton of other characters in video games, is sidelined in cameos in this movie. So instead of having an actual character, he was never even approached. They never even considered casting him as Mario. They just immediately went for Chris Pratt and then told Charles Martinet, you can be in the movie in the background a little bit if you want. And that, something about that just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. I'm not saying that he's the only one who could do the Mario voice, but the fact that they didn't even really consider it, and then they just shafted him and put him in the background, is it's just strange. I would almost prefer if he wasn't in it at all. Because that just feels like... That feels like patronizing to me. But, who knows? I mean, I might just be being cynical. 
and maybe I'm wrong. He might have been asked. He might have declined. I'm not entirely positive, but in general, aside from maybe Chris Pratt, these are all very funny people. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Illumination Entertainment, who is the studio behind this film, they're the ones behind movies like Despicable Me and The Minions and all of those Dr. Seuss adaptations like The Lorax. So they have an admittedly mixed track record, but I think their visual style, at least aesthetically, will work for Mario. I don't know if their humor and writing will, but we can only wait and see them. I can only hope the cast is enough to carry it, to make it funny and memorable, and that it's not as bad as we think it's going to be. I mean, it'll be hard to copy the Mario movie from the 90s. You know, undeniably. <laughs> Whether you like it, ironically, or think it's funny or clever or creative in some way, it's definitely not a good movie. So as long as they can do better than that, I think it'll be fine. It's going to be successful. Kids are going to see it. It's going to be a marketing frenzy. There's going to be merch everywhere. But it's already, it's not as if Mario doesn't already get that anyway. So it's not really that surprising. As far as Nintendo Direct reveals go, that's pretty much all they had to offer. Like I said, we've got a uh, Smash Bros. character reveal on October 5th. We got a lot of games coming out in the twenty in the next coming months and next year. Many of them are remasters and handheld RPGs, which I'm very fond of. But uh, the Mario movie was the big thing I wanted to cap off on because it relates to the topic of my next episode, which relates to video game movie adaptations, why they always suck, and how they cannot suck for once. So if you like to hear what I have to say about that, you can catch my next episode of The Usual Spot. And until then, follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Zakar the Great, which is Z-A-K-A-R the Great, no spaces. Give me some feedback. I want to hear your opinions and maybe what you're playing right now or upcoming releases you're excited for. I want to hear about it. I will see you guys next time. 